to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Welcome back. I'm Steve. I'm a licensed professional therapist here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. With me is Julia, the co-host and a therapeutic coach. Together we talk about a variety of different subjects, or sometimes we interview other people to provide you with a different perspective about life and to help you to be a better you. To contact us, it's 918-280-08690 or coachsoul.com. These are two ways to contact us, not on an emergency basis, but to provide feedback, questions for upcoming shows. And if you'd like to be on the show, please use the contact page on the website. We would love to hear from you. Janine, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what are you doing presently, and then let's just kind of go from there. Thank you, and I'm so glad to be here. I'm so grateful for for what you're doing. Uh, So how far back do you want me to go? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's a therapeutic question. Yeah, right, right. Um, No, I will say that, that I was born in Pasadena, so originally from Southern California, uh, Catholic family, you know, uh, Polish, German Catholics, um, mom and a dad, six kids in the family. And um, my dad was killed when I was 15. Um, I, you know, I knew about God, like I had head knowledge of him Mm -hmm. and, but didn't have a relationship with him and kind of went over the edge um, in a huge way. Uh, because I suffered from depression. I had just, I, I didn't like back then we didn't know what it was. And, and what wasn't normal for me was the constant lies inside my head telling me that I sucked, you know, that I wasn't worthy mm. of love, that I wasn't good enough, that I was fat, that I was ugly. I could be in a room full of people and say, I'm the ugliest one here. I'm the, I'm the stupidest one here uh, when I was younger. And, um, I hit it, I hit it well with all kinds of different masks and I hit it. I combated that with achievements. So just do, 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 right. You know, like doing all the time. And what I was doing was I was in hindsight, I was earning my place on this planet, earning the love of my parents. I, I didn't Mm. feel entitled to, um, the normal things in life, like respect, love, you know, those kind of things. And um, again, it, I was so young. I didn't, I didn't even know what this was. And my dad also, also suffered from depressive illness, um, but also drug and alcohol abuse. Um, so that kind of run, runs in the family. And then, you know, my mom was a single mom of six kids. She moved us up to Washington state uh, to be with her close to her family who had already moved out of Southern California. And, um, that's when I, as I was out of high school, I went over the edge and I started, um, a life away from God, um, just sleeping around, um, drugs, alcohol, um, just, I put myself into some very dangerous situations. I did not value myself. Um, I was fearless, but not in a good way. I was, I, again, I just wasn't afraid of anything because I was like, well, if I die, who cares? Nobody's going to care, that kind of mm. thing. And um, so I know we only have a, 
a few minutes. So it's to talk to you about my journey is there was a, a cosmic thing that kind of started the change. And I was in a dark parking lot and I talk about this in the, in the chapter um, for so a line. I, I'm going to flush this out a little bit, uh, Janine, because when I do therapy, one of the things I like to do when clients come see me is who are you? Without assigning labels that I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm a parent. Oh, yes. Because we yes. allow labels to define us. You are absolutely correct. And, and okay, I will. Let me just introduce myself again. My name is Janine Emily. And first and foremost, I am a grateful believer, a child of God, beloved, priceless, as are all of you out there. Uh, I identify as a grateful believer of Jesus Christ, mm. that my true identity is I am loved. I, you know, and I have bliss in my life. Now I live with uh, unexplainable peace, peace that surpasses understanding with bliss, with joy, doesn't matter what's going on around me. Um, it, it's, it's what, who, and what I am now. And yes, I am a singer songwriter you know, musical producer. Yes, I'm all of those things. But if you are what you do and you don't, you aren't, right? So mm. we are not what we do. You know, our identities are not that. And and when I got that clear in my head, you know, and um, it was a journey of, of recovery, of healing, uh, inventory, all of these things, um, you know, it, it's it's a journey. It's It's a never ending journey, right? We're always trying to seek that, you know, to be better. You know, you gave us an A to Z. Now I'm going to flush out the middle. Okay. It's just what us therapists do. Uh, because I talk about identity and I hold up a finger. Then I take my other hand and use it as a shield about having healthy boundaries, emotional boundaries, because we lose that along the way. And sometimes we're not taught from our own families how to have boundaries. Then I cup my hand, like if it's underneath my finger, and say, these are the messages. It's our belief system, whether we believe in God or not, whether we have parental messages that say you're not good enough or you are good enough. You have your education, your friends, all those are our belief systems. I want to go back, if you will, and if you're comfortable with it, just and if you're not, just let me know. But when you go back to that dark time with here's a mom of six and dad is there, you talked about dad died. What was the impact on you at the age of 15 that that was happening? It was huge. You know, I'm I'm the oldest daughter. I told you there's six kids. I have an older brother. Everybody mm. else is younger. And it was huge because um, I, I was daddy's little girl. And I had kind of a unique relationship with my father. He was out of the country a lot. So he, uh, let me paint the picture for you. He was out of the country a lot. And when he was home, he would sit on the couch or in the garage and be physically present, but not there. Mm. And so, although I loved my dad dearly, it was painful for me because I did not understand what was going on. So painful, in fact, that 
I would pray and wish that he would stay gone, like that he would stay out of the country because it was so painful for me to watch. I didn't know that he was in a constant state of depression and uh, drug and alcohol abuse. So when I'll just be totally frank and honest with you, when he left and never did come back, it wasn't real to me. Mm. Like I was stuck. Like, and plus I was in a, my mom went over the edge and was, was just a mess. And I was there taking care of a, a, a baby, two babies in the family, you know? Um, so I had to be the strong one. So I had a delayed grief response and I didn't like, I didn't feel anything really. I, to be honest, like the, the grief came later when I actually sat down, rested and processed it. You know, here, here's a question because you presented the A and Z picture. Here's this turmoil that you've gone through. And the impact of adulthood that was placed on to you as a child to take care of the little ones. Mm-hmm. And the traumatic experience that you went through, for a lot of people, they get angry at God and they don't think there's a God. Where were you in this situation? Did you have a belief in God? Did you, did that, where were you in this situation? Because I'm interested in what brought you to God when there is something here that a lot of people don't want to believe in God. And then that father figure sets that tone of how we view God. And the reason why I go there is because within my own personal experience with traumatic with my own parents, the, the confines of faith that I was in was very rigid. And I view God as this very harsh, condemning God. And it took me a while to come out and realize that there is a God with mercy and grace. What were you feeling at this time? So to be honest, I not once questioned whether or not there was a God. I always knew that there was a loving God out there. I know mm. it sounds odd, uh, right? So a couple of years before my dad died, he was, a, he, he was a lover of Jesus. I just have to say he was a true lover of Jesus and he broke us away from the Catholic church. He he's the one that introduced us to Jesus and, and, that world, you know, which was so different for me. It was a, away from the legalistic, mm -hmm. you know, rules and right. all of that thing. And when my dad, he would, I, I remember him singing worship songs. He loved Jesus with all his heart. And there was something that was like, no matter what I went through, I always, always knew that God existed. I believed. Um, but that's the thing though, is that I personally did not have a relationship with Jesus. Like, uh, um, I thought, okay, yeah, God, he loves everybody out there. I just didn't feel that love. I, I just, you know, I didn't feel love at all from anybody. I close, I, I had totally closed myself off to goodness in the world. Is Does that, that answer your question? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you, you hear stories of people that just don't believe in God or blame right. God because of the circumstances. 
Yeah. What just kept you there to just not deny? It just seems like believing in God was your salvation to carry you through this dark time. It did. And there's way too many miracles to mention that so many miracles that there's no way that I could deny that God existed. It's so many miracles. I can't even tell you. And I just saw it all around me, you know, and he, uh, he kept me, he held me up. Even when I didn't know it, he held me in the palm of the palm of his hand the entire time. He really did. Like now I look back and I'm, I just, I'm so amazed by the grace and the love um, that is abundant and available to every one of us. It's there. It's free, right? It's, it's, we don't have to earn it. We don't have to buy it. Grace is free. And um, I, I, it did, it's, it, it was always there. And maybe I, I chose to do, to live a, a, a life away from God there was always that conviction inside of me, though. I never felt I was never in alignment during those times that I was living, a, you know, a life away from God. And it, this is going to sound interesting, but I would actually witness to people at drug houses while I was doing drugs with them oh, wow. that they'd have a hard time. And, you know, and I'd be like, oh, do you know, Jesus, you know, like I <laughs> I just start talking to him about, you know, and um, it, it's it's a supernatural thing. That's the only thing I can say is that when like, it's like gravity, you can deny gravity exists. You can deny certain things, but if it's like Mount Rainier, the clouds may be hiding mountain. For those of you who don't know Mount Rainier, it's a huge mountain in Washington. And a lot of times you could only see just the peak, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the clouds and the fog would hide it. Does that mean that it's not there? If you can't see it? No. It's still there. And it's the same with God. You might not feel it. You might not sit. He's always there. He's always there. He exists. Right. And somehow I, I knew that like somehow he instilled that on me. Like he said, okay, you may be walking away from me now, girl, but I'm going to have you like you're, you're mine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you come from this rough background and yet you were just there with the people and i'm trying to figure out how would how would you talk to people who are like hurt by the churches hurt by those who are say they're christians and become judgmental what would you say to people who are struggling but then have been judged by the church and been hurt by them what would you say Good question. It starts with the light that we shine from within. So it, mm. it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't even start with the words, right? It, it, it's, uh, we, we've learned this in the music world. It's like, people don't care what you have to say until they know that you care. And so I, in no matter what circumstances I'm in, and I'm not perfect by any shape of the imagination, and I have bad days, um, but I never judge. Like I'm, I just try to be that light. I try to show them love. And when they see that it's authentic and that, wow, you know, somebody actually cares about me, then that's when that opens up the door of them saying, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You've had that experience. I had this, some of the same experiences you get on that level with them. And you're like, 
that you've heard that analogy of Jesus sitting on the store, uh, the steps entering into the church. I think we talked mm -hmm. about this before. Yes. Jesus is sitting on the steps and all of these people are walking into this amazing, beautiful building and find and know, and they're walking right by him and not saying a dang thing. Finally, somebody says, Jesus, why are you sitting, sitting on the steps and not entering into church? And he says, they won't let me in. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed in there. You know, church is not a building. It, it, it's, it's not right. a building. It's not rules. It's us. You know, we, we are the church, meaning we are the ones that are shining our light, loving on people. You know, um, it's simple. Like when people make it so difficult and put so many rules around religion, like you can't do this. You got to do this. You can't, you know, you, you can't be in the presence of these kind of people because blah, 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 blah. You know, it's not about that. Right. right. It's um, so, yeah, that's how it is for me. You know, when I think about churches and stuff like that, I, t I explain to people we have to be in the word so yes. that because yes. the enemy always disguises itself. It's yep. like war. I'm a military yep. veteran. That's yes, exactly we're supposed right. to go by the Geneva Code. Yep. And we're not supposed to dress up like a medic if we're not a medic. That's exactly right. To infiltrate, to blow the enemy away. We yep. have a code to go by. And the enemy does that with the churches. And if yes. churches are putting um, a heavy burden on you, that then you might want to check the word. Because the last time Agreed. I checked, you're supposed to be freedom. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And so here you go from this dark period. You're how did you come clean? And then how did you get into the music industry? Well, I had all, I had been in the music industry since I was little. Um, I was in a touring uh, jazz ensemble, like in uh, in high school and in college, a, a small ensemble of singers. I had been doing it and um, for a long time, again, not necessarily in the songwriting world, but, uh, but singing. And, um, but when I got clean and again, I was in a dark parking lot, I had this voice that said, leave and never go back. And I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't like, and that was kind of the catalyst that, you know, to growing and getting clean on so many different le le uh, levels and, you know, being my authentic self. But I always knew that music was my passion, that somehow, some way that no matter what, and my mom, my mom and dad both taught me like, um, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but survival mechanisms to where they were like, okay, Jan my mom said, Janine, I know you love music and all that, but you have to have a backup plan, backup B, you know, you, and you know, you got to build your, your, your skill sets and human resources or customer service or th this, that, or the other. And I did, I did, but I never gave up music. I was always doing it in some shape or form. Um, and then, but when I got serious into songwriting, that was with my, my uh, ex-husband <laughs> and that was in my early twenties. And um, I won't go into that whole piece of it, but that's when I saw that this could be a reality to mm -hmm. do it full time. And, you know, and I had to kind of change my way of thinking, um, especially when like COVID hit, you know, when uh, it shut down all of the performing, you know, for, for artists. And it's like, how can I continue to do this and be a light in this world? Right. 
And so I learned music production. I learned all of these different things. And that's when my world started to open up, you know, as far as like, whoa, there's so much, you know what I mean? So I've always done it at some level, but Mm -hmm. I tell you what, it's, it's where I was meant to be. It's, I don't just do music. I, that's who I am. That's who I am. Do you think music was your saving grace? It it was, it really was uh, it even, you know, like worship songs when you're listening, you know, to this amazing grace, mm. right. You know, amazing grace, like, or, you know, I love you, Lord, you know, those songs, I would just start singing them in, in the darkest of times. I would just start singing them. And, you know, in Psalms, when David was, uh, you know, when he was just ousted, I think we talked about this and he's in that cave, you know, and he's beat up and he's miserable and he just starts singing praises. He starts singing praises. And it's like, sometimes you just have to just take that one step and it transforms you. you you know it does music was my my therapy was my saving grace and their research is finding out that music has a lot of healing powers to it yes because of yes. the frequencies that it plays and how it brings alzheimer's yes. back into reality again so there's a lot of studying that needs to be done on music yes and the pathway to healing there's even um music therapist that mm-hmm. use music to help bring some healing that's that's there you know when you think about your music what do you like to play the most for yourself and for your audience are you talking what instrument do i want to play or what type of music what or- type of music do you enjoy the most that impacts you the most that you want to play it the most oh gosh <laughs> I mean, that's that's really hard. Anything that it resonates with the audience, because for me, I feel the most comfortable up on stage and I'm saying in front of thousands and thousands of people. But that's when my I'm my most authentic me. And you know why? It's not about me. Mm. It, it's not about me at all. It's about when I'm up on stage and I'm singing this song and people are like crying and looking at me and I'm looking right at them and they're just like. I know exactly what you mean. And this has happened in the prisons too. You know, I'll, I'll sing every song affects people differently and it's all in the message. It's all, have you noticed that you could go to a concert and not sometimes not understand one word that they're singing because they don't have the, the vocals maybe tuned in correctly, but you'll hear like a, a famous uh, hook, like a chant, like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, like some weird thing. And it doesn't matter that you don't know the words. It really doesn't because you feel that vibe. Like you could put your own words to it because you know at least the concept and the story and the vibe behind that song. And I I tell you what, like I I love acoustic stuff. You know, being in a hard rock band is lovely, but you are competing with loud drums and loud guitars and stuff like that. So I will say that when I am performing in in front of people, I really love that acoustic you know, just one guitar, you know, maybe, maybe some, you know, softer instruments, but where you're just really not having to scream and you're connecting. Some of my favorites were in those coffee shops, Mm. you know, coffee shops where there's maybe 20, 30 people and that's it, you know, and they come up to you afterwards and they're crying and they say, 
that one song, you know, I think I know what you're talking about, but it made me think of my mom or it made me think of the time that I was abused or, you know, they'll say something like that. And that makes my whole day like that. Like, you know, I, I don't need to hear. Don't get me wrong. Acknowledgement is cool when they say, oh, I love your voice or that song is the bomb, you know. But when they say, oh, that song just man, I can't even believe, you know, how it touched me. That is golden for me. That is golden. It's a sense of connection. It is. And as human beings, we were made to have a sense of community. And we talked about that in a past podcast about a sense of community. Yes. But when you think about where you've been and where you are, music touches the soul. Yes. And it brings forth life when you have music. So even when I do therapy, you come into my office and I have this water feature in my office, but I have peaceful music playing in the background. Mm -hmm. And then as I do therapy, I have nice music playing in the background Yeah, because it helps therapy more. um, It helps it to be more authentic. Yes. But it also relaxes to where you can talk. Yes. So music is healing. You know, Janine, I really appreciate the time that I spent with you. We will have you back on the show. We want to engage a little bit further. I appreciate appreciate both of us being authors in the book that just came out aligned and so excited about that piece of it. I do want to talk about Celebrate Recovery. We're kind of out of time, but I'm excited about this journey that we are on together. Me too. Me too. There's no accidents or coincidences. This is all a divine appointment. That is so true. And I'm excited to see how music can impact. And congratulations on your new music uh, song that just came out. Uh, You can put a plug in. Oh, thank you. So um, my personal moniker is Lace and Grit, Lace Ampersign Grit, Uh, Grit it out, then Lace it up. Um, That's what I'm all about. It takes work. (laughs) So what's Um, the new CD that came out? So Hearts and Sync is my band uh, with my partner, uh, Mr. Tracy Lee Smith. And um, so and then Chasing Oz has an album. So I've got three different things going on. We with Lace and Grit and Hearts and Sync, the new thing to do is actually release singles and not full albums. So I had a female anthem song come out called Quiet Warrior. Mm. And the response has been amazing. I have women from all around the world contacting me and saying, that is my song. That is my survival song. And that has meant the world to me. I also had another song with Hearts and Sync. It's called Learn to Fly. So, you know, sometimes you have to jump off the ledge or be pushed off the ledge. You know, eagles, baby eagles, when they're learning to fly, sometimes if they don't get out of the nest quick enough, the mama pushes them out of the nest. And it really is about just learning to fly, being your best authentic you. Um, We have quite a few more songs, Christmas Wish, Shine, Surrender, Mm -hmm. uh, a song called Jesus You Are, which is a true song. worship song for jesus it's my my song to him saying you are my everything um so we have quite a few coming out and if you want to contact me 
I'm also uh, starting a podcast called Survivor of the Weird. You know, we all have weird stories that happen to us. It's what you do with it. Um, but please contact me either on my website, uh, laceandgrit.com forward slash contact. So it's L-A-C-E-A-N-D-G-R-I-T dot com. Or you can send me a personal email, um, janineemily22 at gmail.com. And I'd love to keep in contact with you about anything. Uh, just send me send me uh, an email. Send me love. I'll send you love back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You asked for it, Janine. You're going to have a wide audience probably contacting you. It's been great. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today with Janine. Be safe and be kind. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.